Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. The final from Camden Yards in Baltimore. It's unbelievable. It's Baltimore 18, Cleveland 5. The Indians actually lose the series to the Baltimore Orioles. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And I have another crazy week at work. Which means I'm recording this podcast on Sunday night, which means this is now Cleveland Baseball Nightly. Yeah, it was a crazy busy Sunday, and I'm guessing a lot of you out there probably gave up on this game pretty quickly because Cal Quantrill got absolutely destroyed in the second inning. Sam Hinches got destroyed. Kyle Nelson got destroyed. I mean, it's not even that our pitching didn't have it. I mean, Baltimore was on another level uh, yesterday. And they were just smoking us all up and down their lineup. Uh, The only one who didn't have a hit yesterday in their lineup was actually Trey Mancini. Uh, but he did score two runs. So I, I don't know what he was reaching on, whether he was reaching on errors or what, but Mancini was the only one that didn't have a hit. So, um, yeah, I mean, the entire lineup destroyed us. Multi-hit games up and down the lineup, and it was all led by Cedric Mullins in the leadoff spot. He was three for four with two runs scored, a double, a homer, two RBIs, two walks. His average is up to 322, and his OPS is up to 923. I mean, what do you do with a game like this? What do you... I was barely able to watch most of this game. We had friends over on on a Sunday, you know, on a nice Sunday afternoon. And uh, I was able to watch the beginning of this game. And just what a disaster. What an absolute disaster. From someone like Quantrill, who had a chance. He had a chance to compete and to kind of claim one of these spots in the rotation. And we keep talking about... You know, some people are freaking out because there's holes in the starting rotation. And people like me are saying, look, we have pitchers. We have pitchers to fill those holes. They've just got to, you know, put it together a little bit. And it could not have gone worse for Quantrill today, especially um, because this is his second start in a row. And his last start against the White Sox actually went okay. He went three and two-thirds in that one, gave up four hits, a run, and five strikeouts. No walks in that one. That's a pretty good pretty good performance. For someone who's on a pitch count, that's not bad against the White Sox. Today, his line today is absolutely obnoxious, and it's obnoxious for all the pitchers. One and a third, through 44 pitches to get through one and a third, five hits, seven runs, only five earned, no walks, and one strikeout. And the whole time he was working in that second inning with the bases loaded, and the whole time they kept talking about a double play. Let's get a double play and get out of this, right? All he needs is a ground ball, and he can get out of this. That's the difference right now. I mean, that's what separates guys like Shane Bieber and Garrett Coles of the world, right? Uh, Trevor Bowers of the world. When they get into trouble, when their back is against the wall, they have the strikeout pitch. And... Quantrill is not there yet. He cannot get that strikeout when he needs it to, you know, make the bases loaded a little more manageable. 
and he pays, and he absolutely pays for it. Now, the crazy part is in those 44 pitches and all those hits, he only gives up two hard-hit balls, and one of them is the home run to Mullins to start the game. So if we uh, go to the exit velocity, we can search just against Quantrill, and uh, it's a lot of weak Weak contact. Mullins, uh, homer to lead off was 100.3. Uh, Mountcastle's single that started things in the second was at 96.4. Nothing else was a hard hit ball in that entire inning. 80s. Uh, Mullins singles on a 76.3. That's that bloop into center field that Harold Ramirez takes a step back, gets caught on his heels, can't come in and catch. That unexpected batting average of 100. A 100, and it goes for a single that drives in a run. And then the terrible play, he finally does get the ground ball, right? Trey Mancini grounds one back to him, and he bobbles it a little bit. And I'm telling you, this is a play that I've watched happen hundreds of times in old man softball. I just played old man softball this morning. I'm in the outfield. I watch these infielders fumble for a ball in the dirt, and what do they do? They always panic. They always write the blood pressure goes, the heart rate goes, your mind is racing, thinking, I got to make an out. I've got to get a hold of this ball and make an out. And they always end up spiking it in the dirt or throwing it over someone's head. It always goes wrong. It goes from bad to worse. And that's exactly what happens to Quantrill. He gets one right back to him, fumbles with it, tries to throw home to Rivera, and one hops it from you know, maybe 10 feet away and 20 feet away, and you just can't, there's nothing you could do with that as the catcher, right? You can't, when someone is that close to you and throws it in the dirt, what are you going to do? It goes all the way to the wall, two runs come across the score, and uh, it was out of control at that point. I think that made it 5 nothing. and then Sandlin comes in, gives up a double to, I believe, Santander, uh, Santander, the Orioles were saying it one way, the Orioles broadcasters were saying it one way, and Underwood was saying it a different way. So I still have no idea uh, how to pronounce his name. Uh, so yeah, so Santander, he lines one down the right field line. That's a nice true base hit. Had an expected batting average of 940. That brings the other two round, runs across. That makes it 7 nothing after two innings. And at that point, the Indians were just out of it, just out just absolutely out of it they actually score they actually come across and score um in the top of the third there after they had put up those seven runs uh Yu Chang and Bobby Bobby Bradley have back-to-back doubles to right center field so that I mean that was good to see that was a good sign but they just kept unloading uh so Sandlin does get out of the inning after giving up the hit and the runs get credited to Quantrill they're inherited base runners for Sandlin Henches comes in to pitch next, another guy trying for a starting spot, and he has been getting lit up lately. He gives up nine hits in one and two-thirds, 45 pitches, and only one and two-thirds takes him 45 pitches, nine hits, five earned runs, and no walks, two strikeouts for him. And he only gives up two hard-hit balls. If we go over to his exit velocity, uh, it wasn't that bad against him. You'd think it would be worse. The leadoff batter in the third, DJ Stewart, had a 105.5 mile per hour single. Okay, there you go. That's a solid base hit to start things. Uh, he actually gets out of things uh, somewhat in that third inning. 
uh, limits the damage a little bit. Doesn't give up a run in that third inning because he gets a double play to get out of it. But then the fourth inning, it all falls apart. A double from Cedric Mullins to lead things off. 99.6 mile per hour exit velocity. That's the other hard hit ball. And then a single from Santander. That's 80 mile per hour exit velocity. Uh, 91 from Galvis. Uh, Mountcastle, 62.8 mile per hour exit velocity. That goes for a single, right? They were shooting it through. They were broken bats that were flying towards our shortstop who could I think that was Mount Castles. I think Mount Castles was the one where he um hit it towards um Ahmed Rosario. Yes. And Ahmed Rosario has to sit back because a broken bat is flying at him. And then he can't, you know, he's a second late on his throw to first, and then a run comes across the score. Uh yeah, all week, all week contact, really low expected batting averages. So yeah, Henches is a victim of, I mean, we've talked about it before in sports, there's quicksand. It's quicksand. The harder you fight, the worse it gets. And that was the Indians yesterday. And the Orioles just kept pouring it on. So they are able to score uh, five more runs in that fourth inning. The Indians do scratch across two runs in the uh, fifth. Uh, they are able to put some things together, but at that point, it's so out of control. Ahmed Rosario, uh, Bobby Bradley singles after a lineout and a ground out. Ahmed Rosario cranks a home run to the seats in left uh, in left field. So that's nice to see. You know, again, putting together a little bit something there. A two run home run from Ahmed Rosario. It's not like the Indians totally gave up on the day, but I mean, at that point. You're down 12 to 1. Okay, so you score two more. It's 12 to 3. At that point, you're just out of it. And then Kyle Nelson comes in. He has a terrible... Well, I should take that back. Trevor Steffen came in, went two and a third. uh, Did give up two walks, but no hits and a strikeout. So Trevor Steffen is able to manage things. Kyle Nelson comes in, and he gets destroyed for an inning. One inning pitched, five hits, five earned runs, a walk, no strikeouts from him. He gave up three hard hit balls. So Nelson definitely got hit around a little bit more. But there were still things within Nelson's inning where it wasn't necessarily all hard hit balls that were destroying him. He gives up a uh, a single to uh, Santander at 71.1 mile per exit velocity, 86.9 to Freddie Galvis. Uh, yeah, then Mountcastle and McKenna do hit some really hard hit balls off him with some really high expected batting averages. So they do get to him, but he was spinning a lot of stuff in the middle of the plate. And that was something that was happening to a lot. So definitely to Henches and definitely to Kyle Nelson. Every hit from Kyle Nelson was in the zone. Uh, the double to Mountcastle, he just spun a, uh, a slider in there at 82 miles per hour that just sat in the middle of the plate. Um, the other stuff was on the plate from him. It just felt like he was leaving pitches right in the center. And the same thing from Sam Henches. Most of the hit hits for Henches are in the middle of the plate, on the plate here. A few pitches on the left edge of the plate that they were able to go out and get. You know, Mountcastle was able to go out and get one. Santander was able to reach out and get one. Um, Quantrill was different. Quantrill threw a lot of stuff that was off the plate on the left side, and they were still able to go get it and do things with it. Mullins, uh, his uh, his bloop single was a changeup away. Um, DJ Stewart, his was away. So 
yeah, I think Quantrill actually got into some really bad luck there. I think he got into some absolutely bad luck with some of those pitches and some of those bloops and then the error throwing home that probably could have limited the damage, but you could tell he didn't have it today. Henches didn't have it today. Kyle Nelson didn't have it today. Wickering gives up a solo home run in the ninth. At that point, who cares? Who cares? Well, there is one thing to care about in the ninth inning. I'm sorry, that was the eighth, the solo home run that Wickering gave up. In the ninth inning, Bobby Bradley does come up with a runner on base. And uh, Bobby Bradley gets his first home run of the season, scoring Josh Naylor. He goes opposite field with power. He goes oppo with strength and puts one out in the left field seats. So Bobby Bradley actually had himself a heck of a game. Bobby Bradley was three for four, two runs scored, a double, a home run, and three RBIs. His... (laughs) It's just fun to look at. His average is 800. His OPS is 2.600. At two big hard hit balls on the day for him and three hits total. Now, normally when the Indians get absolutely destroyed like this, I would give MVP to the for the day to someone on the or opposite team. I mean, the Orioles absolutely deserved it. They beat us that bad. But Bobby Bradley for his first major league start of the season. Remember, he did have a few starts in 2019. I got to give him credit where credit's due. He's come up and he's gotten off to a hot start, which makes fans happy. You know, you never know which way this is going to go. There's going to be a lot of challenges and bumps in the road for Bobby Bradley and his major league journey, but really fun to see it start like this at least. So if you're going to do anything, at least go back and watch the highlights of Bobby Bradley's hits, his double and his home run. At least ignore all the other highlights. They're not worth your time. The pitching is terrible today. But go watch Bobby Bradley's two hits, and or his two big RBI hits there. And uh, yeah, I, I the guy who deserves MVP, the guy who really deserves it for this series, for this series is Cedric Mullins, the leadoff hitter for the Orioles and center fielder. He was incredible. I mean, he was playing at an MVP level uh, in this series, and he's hitting at an MVP level right now. Made a diving catch against Ahmed Rosario that that took away a chance at a rally for the Indians. I think Bobby Bradley was on third when Ahmed Rosario hit that, so that would have given us another another run in the third inning. Um, yeah, Mullins, that dude has such quick hands on inside pitches, and that's where the home run that Quantrill gave up to him was. It was inside inside edge of the plate. It was a sinker, a hard sinker from him, 95. So he was trying to beat him inside, and he did not. He lost that battle. Mullins' hands are quick. And this is a guy that uh, flew. They said that he flew through the Orioles system, and he's someone, I think they were saying that he used to switch hit, and then he decided to just focus on hitting left-handed and just stick with that. He's a guy that... If you listen to some of the game stories that Underwood and Manning were saying and Andre not, um, apparently he didn't really break through on his high school team until his senior year. He finally got a chance to play. So he's someone that's kind of always been overlooked his whole life and not really given a chance. And now with the Orioles, he has a chance to be a star. He is really, really good. So he gets MVP for the whole series. He was... At one point, it was like eight hits in a row. I don't know what he ended up with. I don't know. At at some point, the Indians got him out. I don't know at what point that was. Um, But yeah, incredible. Absolutely incredible from him. And uh, 
Yeah, I mean, how much how much could you analyze a game like this? It was a disaster. It was an absolute disaster for the Indians, who should have gone down there and absolutely beat up on a team like Baltimore. We should have been the ones winning by double-digit runs. And instead, we slip now another game back of the White Sox. I mean, 31-26 and 26 is still a respectable record at the beginning of June. But the White Sox are off and rolling. They're 13 games over 500. They're 7-3 and three in their last 10 games, and they got a plus 85 run differential. We have a minus 15 now after this drubbing from the Orioles. So we have a lot of work to do. And we don't see that. We've already played the White Sox a ton. It's not like we've got a bunch of series coming up against the White Sox. Uh, it's going to be a while until we face them. We don't face them again until the end of July. Uh, for a three-game set in Chicago, and then face them again for a five-game set at the end of September. So that'll help. But yeah, we have a lot of work to do. Uh, you know, against some pretty tough teams here in the month of June. We go to St. Louis for two. After an off day, we go to St. Louis for two. Another off day, we bring Seattle and Baltimore to Cleveland. So we're going to have a four-game set against these Orioles again, and we cannot let this happen again. Uh then we go to Pittsburgh. We have a long road trip. Pittsburgh, Cubs, Minnesota for four, and then home against Detroit to end the month of June. So there are some tough matchups in there, and there's also some real winnable games. I mean, Seattle and Pittsburgh will be a little tough. The Cubs will be a little tough. Minnesota, Detroit, Baltimore, should, Pittsburgh should all be winnable series for us. So we really need to turn around the month of June and get it going in the right direction. So Bieber will be your starter on Tuesday night when the Indians play again. He's going against Martinez for the Cardinals. And then Mejia is going to get another start. And it'll be interesting to see how many pitches they get him stretched out to going against Wainwright. And if you remember our trip to St. Louis last season, in the COVID season, right, in the shortened season, Wainwright pitched a gem against us. Uh, We just could not touch his breaking ball. So we will see if Wainwright still has the magic. He's 3-5 and five on the season with a 419 ERA. But, uh, yeah, the last time he faced the Indians was sparkling. Fantastic from him. So Mejia's got his work cut out for him going against a really, really good veteran. So that'll be your series, right? Two 815 starts. There'll be late games for us Clevelanders here. Uh, I'm sure late games for all of you spread out all over the world. And, uh, yeah, it's always fun to see a team we don't see that often. So uh, the Cardinals have some big hitters in their lineup. They've got some good players on that team. So we uh, we are definitely uh, – it's definitely going to be an interesting series. It's going to be a good test. The Cardinals are 31-29. and 29, So they're kind of doing what we're doing right now. They're kind of uh, sitting in the middle of the pack right now. And uh, – They've got their work cut out for them, too. They're in third place right now in the Central, in the NL Central, behind Milwaukee and the Cubs. So they're only two and a half back, though. So they are definitely in the thick of things, and they are going to be coming hard uh, against us. So luckily, we got Bieber on the mound. Hopefully, we can get this pitching locked down and dealt with. All right, that's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Nightly The final again from Baltimore. I hate to say it. Orioles 18 on 21 hits. The Indians 5 on 8 hits, which is respectable. But my God, uh, not against against that Orioles offense. Wow. I I don't think anyone saw that coming today. 
Uh, there's only so much you can analyze a game like this, so I appreciate you, you know, this episode was more of a rant than it was an analysis, and I appreciate you sticking with me. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash clevelandbaseballmornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Nightly. Nightly.